This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com Major funding for this Tanya class is provided by the Mettel Corporation. Additional funding is provided by Tanya students like you. Lessons in Tanya The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi Taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg The following letter is a response to those who opposed, opposed the Hasidic movement. They uh, criticized a statement by the Baal Shem Tov, which to them sounded very foreign and very alien, and they just couldn't digest the concept, and they rejected, wholesalely rejected, all of Hasidism is because look what the Baal Shem Tov is saying and it's so far from our understanding of Judaism and it makes no sense and how could he make such a statement, such a wild statement? The Alter Rebbe does not even quote the statement of the Baal Shem Tov and doesn't quote the argument against it. He just clarifies the concept and automatically this whole, all the questions just fall aside, fall by the wayside. So let me first quote the actual statement by the Baal Shem Tev. As he said, the Baal Shem Tev did not write, but this was a quote from the students who heard this from the Baal Shem Tev. And this is in a book called Savoz Harivash, which is like the will and testament of the Baal Shem Tev. Not literally, like a, a moral will it's just the name that they gave to his statements, how a person should conduct himself. Most of them very pithy statements, but each one of them revolutionary. So this is the quote, one of the quotes in this Sefer, in this book. If someone hears, someone speaking, while he's praying, and someone is speaking and disturbing your prayer, doesn't let you pray. How should you respond? So Yehima, you should say to yourself, Why did Hashem, why did God bring this person to speak in the midst of my prayer? Why would Hashem bring this person to speak and to disturb my prayer? Everything is by divine providence. Nothing just happens. So that means that this is intentional. This is what God wants. He wants this person to stand and to disturb my prayer. Why? Why would Hashem want that? And clearly He wants me to pray. So why would He bring this person to disturb my prayer? The answer is speech. That's the level that we call shechina. The sharsa and the slapsha and the shechina manifests itself 
encloses itself, Kaviyachal, so to speak, Hashchina Befiv Shalzehaadam. The Shchina, God's presence, manifests itself in this person, in this individual that's disturbing my prayer. Kidei, in order, Shechazik is asmi, I should strengthen myself. Or another version, Nusachacha says, that is asmi, I should hasten myself with more alacrity, Lavoida, to serve Hashem. How much I have to strengthen myself in serving Hashem, which is prayer. And then he says, especially if the one that's speaking, who is a non-Jew, or a minor, then it comes out, that God, so to speak, concentrated himself in this person. So if God concentrated himself in this person, how much more so, how much more so that I have to respond with greater alacrity. This, this is the quote-unquote of the Balsham. So, this seems, someone who is not exposed to Hasidic and to Hasidic, Hasidic thinking, this is like a revolutionary statement. To say that God manifests himself, works through the Nanju who's here to ridicule me, to disturb me, to interfere with my prayer. And that's really God speaking. And the whole purpose is that it should strengthen me. I should strengthen myself. I mean, it's, this is completely counterintuitive. I'm trying to do something holy. And here you have the forces of unholiness trying to stop me, trying to disturb me. So that I can understand. That's the classical understanding. The forces of holiness, the forces of impurity, and they're trying to stop me. They see that I'm praying, and they see that I'm praying intensely. So therefore, they do everything in their power to stop me. Comes along the Bashemtiv and says, but it could be very demoralizing and very discouraging. Because here I'm trying to do the right thing, and look how much opposition I face, look how difficult it is. There are obstacles, right, left, and center. This minor, or oh, there's an Jew standing right in front of me, laughing in the face, laughing me in the face, trying to distract me, disturb me. How can I not be demoralized or discouraged? It's such darkness. The antithesis of holiness, the antithesis of godliness, comes along the Baal Shem Tev and says, No! Hashem is speaking to you. What? Hashem is speaking to me through that enemy? That's Hashem speaking? That's the enemy. That's the opposition. It's fighting me. Trying to stop me from praying to Hashem. Trying to stop me from connecting with Hashem. And you're telling me that that is Hashem is speaking? Through that 
Gentile. And the intent is all positive. What is the intent? Hashem wants me to strengthen myself. To intensify my prayer. To deepen my prayer. What's the message behind that opposition? The message is not for me to be discouraged. On the contrary, to double and redouble my effort, to strengthen myself. It's actually, it gives me a surge of energy. Instead of discouraging me, throwing me off, or disturbing me, or demoralizing me, or, the, or shaking my confidence, on the contrary, it only causes me to strengthen myself, to double my, double my effort intensify and deepen my prayer. That's the message. So what do I hear? What do I see? What do I hear? I hear Hashem speaking. What's Hashem telling me? That's called prayer. I need you to really start praying. To pray so deeply and so intensely until you become oblivious to everyone around you. But when a person is lost in concentration, you don't even hear. A person is disturbing you. I'm sorry, I can't even hear you. I'm, I'm lost in my prayer. So Hashem is saying, this is called prayer. I'm trying to, to elevate you to a higher level of prayer. Much deeper level of prayer. Much more intense level of prayer. Where exactly are you getting that message from? Where do you hear Hashem is telling me to pray so deeply and so intensely? Hashem is speaking to me through that Gentile who appears to be my enemy and is trying to do everything he can to throw me off. But I am wise enough to interpret the real message. That's what it appears to be that he's saying. But what's he really saying? Get your act together. That's called davening. <laughs> I'm disturbing you, I'm distracting you, because that's not called prayer. I need you to really pray. Show me what real prayer is. Show me what you're capable of. Take it to another level. Deepen, go deeper much more intense, much more powerful until you become completely oblivious to all distractions and to all obstacles. That's, his only pur- that's my only purpose. Suddenly it has a whole new interpretation. Instead of living in a black world, in a dark world, in a... so much opposition and so few allies and so many distractions and so many disturbances and so much negativity and you want to quit while you're behind. How is it possible? How can I overcome all this overwhelming, this flood of negativity? Tells the Bashem to everything is Hashem. There's nothing besides Hashem. What opposition? When opposition? What are you talking about? There's no such thing. God creates light and He creates darkness. We believe in one God. We're not Zoroasters that believe in two gods and two powers and forces, forces of good and forces of evil. There's only one God. Everything is Hashem. So what's the divine message in the opposition, in the negativity? There's a divine message. It's all Hashem. Everything in this world is here to help you, is here for you to become more divine, to connect with the divine. Everything. And if something appears to be the opposition, that's the most powerful communication. Hashem is just telling you in the strongest way. Start davening. 
I haven't seen anything yet. This is not called davening. This is kindergarten. I need you to graduate to the next level. Go so deep into your davening until you become completely oblivious to your surroundings. That, that's all. That's what that message is. There is nothing else. There's no opposition. There can't be opposition. How could there be opposition to Hashem? There's nothing but God. How could there be opposition to God? The whole point of the opposition is to intensify the level of holiness, the level of connection, to intensify the divine, to intensify the holy. That's all there is. It, it's empowering. Not, doesn't demoralize you on the contrary. It's supposed to empower you. But that's only if you understand that everything is Hashem. There's no other reality but God. If you truly understand the absolute unity of God, there's no other reality than God, then you know how to interpret everything. So how do I interpret negativity that it appears to be the opposite of godly and the opposite of holiness and the opposite of what Hashem wants? How do I find Hashem there? A world that's so bereft of light, a world that's so bereft of holiness, a world that's so pagan and backwards and coarse and crass and parades the coarseness and the crassness in the streets and is proud of its coarseness and its crassness. Where am I going to find Hashem in this darkness? In this mess? In this sewer? It could be very discouraging. Which planet am I living in? I'm living in a world that's all light and that's holy and that's sublime and that's spiritual. And then I meet reality. And the reality is, the concrete reality is banging me in the head. It's not letting me daven. It's disturbing me, distracting me, opposing me. What's going on here? Which one is for real? Is that for real or, or I'm for real? Or the, my servicing Hashem is for real? My serving Hashem? Hashem says, no, you're serving Hashem. That's for real. That's the only reality. There is no other reality. What's the point of the whole opposition? It's all about you. It's all about you serving Hashem. It's the only point. It's only here to strengthen. To unleash a deep, a depth, an intensity, a power and a force that you wouldn't have without the opposition. That's the only purpose. It serves no other purpose. The darkness is just there to reveal a depth and an intensity and a strength. It's like water. Water flows very calm, very smoothly. It's very soothing. Right? All the New Age music is waterfalls and water flowing <laughs> and it's calm and it lulls you to sleep and meditation and sweetness. Water is very calm uh, until try blocking the water. Create a dam. And suddenly this calm, gentle water turns into this roaring river, this roaring mighty force. Watch out, beware, don't stand in its way. It can uproot everything in its way and suddenly this calm water becomes a roaring. So the opposition, the whole point of this opposition is like a dam. It's it's meant to agitate us, to agitate us, to discover a strength that we, that we had no idea existed. We didn't even suspect that this calm water had this ferociousness, had this power and this intensity. Because holiness appears to be very calm, genteel, gentle, 
a whispering voice of conscience saying it's barely audible, <laughs> puts you to sleep. And you're up against this, this roaring energy, this materialistic energy. How, how, am I supposed to, how am I supposed to stand up this little candle, overcome this wave, an ocean of materialism that's trying to drown it out? I'm trying to daven. Finally, I'm trying to daven. I have this little flicker of light I'm trying to start. And all of a sudden, I have this ocean engulfing me with negativity and coarseness and crassness and materialism and distractions. And today is 24-7. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. It's all around me. What am I doing? What am I fighting? I might as well quit. What am I, what, what's this? I'm, is this reality? Which? So the, so the Hashemta says, you don't understand. You're davening, that's reality. There is nothing else. There's nothing else. All there is is God. There's nothing else. You serving Hashem, that one individual Jew that's standing and davening to Hashem, that's reality. There is nothing else. But there's a whole world out there that's trying to stop me and disturb me and distract me. Hashem says, no, you don't understand. It's all there for you. It's all there to help you. The opposition, it's Hashem speaking. What's Hashem saying? You have to learn how to interpret. Let me teach you the language. You don't know the language. You don't speak French. So let me explain to you what Hashem is telling you. When this non-Jew, this anti-Semite, is standing there and trying to disturb you, you have to learn how to interpret what he's really saying. What he's really telling you is, this is called davening. You call this davening? You feel me? You see my... I'm disturbing you? You're davening on such a level that you can be disturbed? What kind of davening is that? You should be davening so <laughs> deeply and so intensely until you become completely oblivious. I don't exist. I cease to exist. You become so connected with Hashem that you realize all there is is God. Nothing else exists. So then there's no one standing there and there's no one disturbing me and it doesn't exist. All there is is Hashem. All there is is you and Hashem communing and connecting. And that's it. So that's the whole purpose. Anti-Semitism is a non-Jew's funny way of just telling the Jew, get your act together. Be a Jew. Be proud. Don't pretend to be one of us. You never were. You never will be. You're the chosen people. You're the God's holy people. Act like it. Live up to it. Once you learn to interpret, to understand the language... <laughs> What Hashem, it's Hashem speaking. Who is He? He doesn't exist. He exists. He has the power to disturb a Jew davening. All there is is God. How could there be anything in the universe that, that can oppose Hashem? It makes no sense. So what is all this negativity and this opposition? And the, it's Hashem speaking to you. And it's all there to help you and to empower you and to enhance you and to strengthen you. But you have to learn to interpret what it's saying what it's telling you is stop being a child this is called davening this is kindergarten level come on you're ready for the next level you're ready for the next step graduate start with first, come on you're ready for first grade stop playing with, in kindergarten start davening like a yid really start davening so once you learn how to interpret and realize everything is Hashem. Suddenly the world ceases to be a dark place. 
instead of feeling overwhelmed, I'm one Jew trying to dive in, trying to do the right thing, trying to connect. And this whole world is trying to stop me and to disturb me and to distract me and overwhelm me. But when you realize all there is is God, there is no other reality but Hashem. And even that disturbance is really Hashem speaking. But what Hashem is telling you is and empowering you start davening. Go deeper into the davening. Then you realize everything in this world, everything in the universe is really conspiring to help me. Even the negativity is really all positivity. The Talmud says that this sudden Satan, L'shem Shemayim Niskab, he's doing it for the sake of heaven. So yeah, the Satan is also an angel of God. He's doing his mission. The Zohar gives the beautiful analogy of the Dr. Rebbe brings earlier in the Tanya. The king wanted to test his son, the prince. So what does he do? He hires the prostitute. He hires the most gorgeous prostitute in the kingdom. Pays her top dollar. And says, listen, you're working for me. But no one is to know. Your mission is you have to try to seduce my son, the prince. I want to test him. I want to see if he's worthy of being the prince, worthy of being the king. If he has the wisdom to resist temptation or not. Now, the prostitute does her job well. She's paid to do her job. So she pulls out all the stops, does it, plays it to the hilt. But deep down inside, the prostitute is praying in a heart of hearts. Please, don't fall for me. Be smart. I'm, I'm not going to hint. I'm not even going to hint at you. As far as you know, I'm the seducer. I'm the temptress. I'm here to pull you down, to, des- to destroy you. And I'll do everything in my power to do that. I'm a faithful, loyal servant of the king. I'm going to do my best. But really, I'm hoping and I'm rooting for you not to fall for me, to have the strength to reject me and to do the right thing. So nothing is the way it appears to be. Don't forget, we live in a false world. So why do you think falsehood stops with falsehood? Everything that's false in this world is so genuine. You have to realize everything that's false in this world is not what it appears to be. The negativity is not what it appears to be. You think he has the power to oppose a Jew davening? Is any force in the universe has the power to oppose a Jew that wants to connect with Hashem? Not a chance. Not even a possibility. Everything is really Hashem. Now it's a funny vehicle. It's a strange vehicle. Hashem is utilizing something that's the antithesis of godliness. It's the opposition. That's dark and negative. But everything is Hashem. Hashem could work in mysterious ways. And Hashem could express Himself any way possible. And this indeed is called the Shechin, exile. It's an exile. Hashem is an exile. When the king is in exile, he's chained, he's bound, he's in a dungeon, but he's there. So it's Hashem is in exile. 
If Hashem has to express Himself through negativity, then God, God is an exile. It's a very painful exile. But the King is there. The King is present. So everything in this world is Hashem. But Hashem is an exile in the darkness, in the negative. But everything is Hashem. And that's why a Jew doesn't waver. A Jew doesn't lose faith. A Jew doesn't not demoralize. A Jew doesn't succumb. A Jew doesn't lose strength of faith. You know, there are many people, including many observant Jews, who really don't have confidence in the program. They really don't have confidence in Judaism. Let's be realistic. It's not a realistic program for real people living in the real world. In the year 2016, on the Upper East Side, I mean, Torah, it's very, it's an ideal, it's a nice ideal, it's nice, nice to be idealistic, it's nice to dream about perfection and, and the ideal. But in reality, when you bump into reality, you realize, you know, it's very nice, but you've got to get real. Get with the program. This is not happening. It's just not realistic the year 2016 to expect us to really live up to the Torah and live up to the expectations of the Torah and really be 100% Jewish and 100% connected and 100% into it. Come on. We're living in a real world. You've got to get, get realistic here. You're up against this overwhelming world. So you've got to compromise. You've got to come down to earth. It's an ideal. It's good to be idealistic especially when you're young, when you get a little older, a little mature, a little wiser, you, you realize, come on, this is not happening. Mashiach! That this world would be godly and divine and perfect. I mean, come on, what, are you a dreamer? Are you a fantasizer? What, are you kidding me? 14 million Jews, all 53,000 living in the Upper East Side, every last one of us will observe all 613 mitzvot and all 7 billion people except the Amalekites will uh, f- fulfill and observe the seven Noahide laws, be righteous Gentiles, be like miniature Noahs. I mean, 2016, here, now, us? Are you kidding me? This is not a real program for real people. That's if you don't have the Balshem and you don't have the Tanya, you don't have Chassidus. But if you truly understand that there is no other reality but God, there is nothing else. There is no force in the universe that can stop one Jew from praying and connecting with Hashem. All the forces in the universe, all roads are leading to Jerusalem. Even the negativity. It's Hashem speaking. It's Hashem. Everything is Hashem. That Hashem has to work in such mysterious ways. Yes, it's an exile. It's darkness. Hashem is in chains. Hashem is in a dungeon. But He's there. And His message is clear if you know how to listen and hear the message. And be empowered and strengthened. So everything is really there to help us. Everything is there to strengthen us. To reach deeper, intensify. And we see that throughout Jewish history. 
every time we faced a challenge, every time we faced a destruction, an exile of the Shekhinah, an exile of Hashem, what happened as a result? Yiddishkeit only strengthened. The Babylonian Talmud. It's called the Babylonian Talmud. Where, did, where was it developed? In exile, the Babylonian exile. Not in Israel. In the Babylonian exile. There was this explosion of Torah. The oral Torah, like we've never seen before. After we had the Spanish expulsion, we had the explosion of Kabbalah, the Ari, the Holy Ari, of Isaac Luria, the greatest Kabbalist that ever lived, and his whole group, Tzvat, 16th century. After Chalmanitsky and Shabtai Tzvi, we had the Bashanta, the most intense revelation of godliness the world has ever seen since Sinai, since the prophets, since creation. A preparation for the future, for the intense revelation of Mashiach, which is coming imminently. And after the Holocaust, the worst disaster, destruction, on a scale, global scale the world has never seen before, such evil, such evil and cruelty on a scale the world has never seen before since creation. We had the explosion, the renaissance of Jewish life, the Balchuba movement, 5,000 Chabad houses like this flourishing literally in every city and every corner of the world. Miraculously. Completely unprecedented, unexpected, Anyone 40 years ago, 50 years ago would have sworn this could never happen. And it's happening. So, instead of being discouraged, Jews find Hashem everywhere. We don't, negativity, setbacks, don't, don't, don't demoralize us. On the contrary, But we're in exile. God destroyed his home. Kicked us out of Israel. Yeah, but it's, it's the way a Jew understands it is that since God is in exile, God is homeless. God is in exile. So we are in exile with him. We are together with God in exile. So we find Hashem everywhere. We see Hashem everywhere. We see Hashem in everything. And we are encouraged when we find Hashem, this empowers us, this strengthens us, this encourages us, this, this gives us joy and spirit. And that's why in Eastern Europe, the darkness of Eastern Europe and the miserable poverty of Eastern Europe, the Jews learned to sing and to dance. The Baal learned, taught them to sing and to dance and to rejoice and to be proud and to feel connected and to live life, truly live life connecting with the ultimate and only reality, which is the reality of Hashem. So this teaching was such, such a profound teaching. It gets to the crux and the essence of the teachings of the Baal Shem. Here you can tell the difference. This is what separates the men from the boys. This is where you can tell the difference. If someone gets Yiddishkeit or doesn't get Yiddishkeit. If someone truly believes in Hashem or it's just superficial. 
and the opponents, those who, who were against Hasidism, they latched onto this teaching. Of all the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov, in the whole entire Tanya, the Alter Rebbe, this is the only example without, where, which was included in the Tanya. The second part of Tanya, the Alter Rebbe starts, with Pirush of Hashem, the Baal Shem Tov taught that God creates the world each and every moment. The whole first part of Tanya, the book of the average Jew, because the Baal Shem Tov loved the simple Jew. But this is the only part of Tanya where the Alter Rebbe takes one, sentence, one statement of the Baal Shem Tov, which create, created tremendous controversy. Tremendous opposition. And Alter Rebbe and Alter Rebbe explains it. And by the time you finish this letter, you realize the truth of what the Baal Shem Tov is saying. And he took this one example. It was many oppositions to many things the Baal Shem Tov said. But this is the one example that's included in the Tanya, which stirred up so much opposition. And Alter Rebbe writes a long letter defending and explaining the approach of the Baal Shem Tov. Because this really gets to the heart of the matter. There are implications. This is not theoretical discussion. The unity of God, there is no reality but God. There is no I, there is no ego, all there is is God. It's not just nice words, nice discussions, something to meditate on. There are tremendous implications. If you really believe in the absolute unity of God, then you look at this world differently. We are living in God's world. God is good. The world is good. But there's so much negativity. Yeah, but that negativity, I don't see. What I'm, what I'm seeing is, I'm seeing Hashem. I see Hashem everywhere. I see God everywhere. Including in the negative. So there's a positive, divine message. In everything I encounter, everything that happens, there's a positive, divine message. And it can't be any other way because there's nothing but God. So everything in this world, all roads lead to Jerusalem, everything in this world is really here to strengthen and to encourage me. Not to deflate me and to demoralize me and to weaken me. The challenge is just here to empower me, to strengthen me, to deepen, to go, help me go deeper, more intense. Once you look at the world this way, it's a different world. Suddenly I'm living in the Garden of Eden. I'm living in a different world. It's a positive world. It's a world. You can, you can tackle the world filled with energy, with enthusiasm, with spirit, with strength, with courage, with hope, with faith, with trust, with joy, with love. Versus if you take this away, if you don't believe in the absolute unity of God, and you take everything at face value, you're living in a dungeon. You're living in a very, very dark place. And you're trying, this little candle is trying to protect itself from being overwhelmed by the ocean waves of opposition and negativity. And it seems like a hopeless battle. And then to believe in Mashiach, to believe in Mashiach is even possible, to believe that this perfection is even possible, sounds like a child's fantasy. A hope. Dream, as someone said, it's in the future and always will be. It's not realistic. It's not Torah in general. It's not a realistic program for real people, and you lose confidence. You know, you really lose comfort and you lose nerve. Listen, I'm a tiny people after all. Only 14 million Jews. How can I? 
There's 7 billion people. How can one tiny little Jew stand up to the State Department and stand up to the United States and stand up to the United Nations and stand up to the European Union and stand up to the media and the, the elite, and etc., etc.? And the powers to be, one tiny little Jew, one tiny little country. If you don't have that underpinning and you don't have that faith, that there is no, that understanding, that there's no other reality but God, then you're lost. You don't even stand a chance. But when this is the core essence of your faith and your belief, then everything in the world strengthens me. I find God everywhere. Opposition. They don't exist. It doesn't exist. All there is is God. God is working through the opposition. He's sending me a message. A message of encouragement. It's not what the anti-Semite thinks it is. He may think what he thinks. But it doesn't matter what he thinks. All that matters is the reality. The reality is Hashem is speaking to him. He's speaking. Who is he? He doesn't even exist. He's nobody. Who is speaking? Hashem is speaking. What's Hashem saying? Not Hashem is trying to stop me from praying. God forbid. Hashem is trying to strengthen me and elicit from within me and to go deeper and to intensify my prayer. So I find it empowering, encouraging, but it's personal. Hashem is speaking to me personally. And if I don't lose my head, I don't lose myself, I'm not lost. So this is very essential, it's very key, and it's, it's the, the, the application, the whole Weltanschwangel, how we look at the world, and how we look at ourselves, and our position in the world, and... and uh, you know, without Hasidus, we're lost. Without this letter, without this 25th letter, without this teaching of the Balshamtiv, we are unmoored. We are so lost. We, you know, we feel helpless. We feel, what power do we have? What strength do we have? Let's be realistic. We're tiny. One Jew is trying to pray. And the world is, is disturbing me and distracting me. It's trying to stop me. But instead of being lost, the Vashemta says, oh, now is the time to pray even deeper, intensify your prayer. And then the opposition will go away. The opposition, because that's the whole purpose. The whole purpose of the opposition was just for you to strengthen you. Once you're strengthened, there's no opposition. Then you look back, you realize there's no opposition. There's nothing. All there is is Hashem. That takes tremendous inner, internal courage, conviction, strength, knowledge, realization, faith. This is the test. This is the acid test. Do you really believe in Hashem? Or don't you believe in Hashem? Is this for real? Is God for real? Or is it just a product of your imagination? If Hashem is real, then he's absolute. And there is no other reality but God. Including in what appears to be the exact opposite of godliness. Hashem mysteriously is working through that as well. Doesn't make sense to us. How is it possible? God is mysterious. We don't understand God. But God could be in exile. And God is present in the strangest places. But it's all Hashem and his message. And all roads lead to Jerusalem. It's all about Hashem 
strengthening the Jew and revealing godliness, revealing the truth. So this is a very, very uh, tricky, fundamental, and yes, tricky because this is very controversial. Before the Balshemtiv, people really had no clue. People really had no clue. In the Balshemtiv, this intense light sheds light and reveals what's really going on and what reality is really all about and it changes everything. It shakes up everything. So the opposition was very, very flabbergasted and disturbed. This really upset the, the cartwheel. It turned everything upside down and, and, and you know, this completely, this, we're not used to this way of thinking. What, 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 what are you saying? How could you say this? How is it possible? Before that, it was a very black and white world. Everything was black, everything was white. Very clear. Holiness, Torah, mitzvah, anything that's not. Tzimtzum kipshuti, tzimtzum literally, God is not present, God is not there. Especially the antithesis of holiness, the opposition is trying to disturb from the davening, that, that's evil. And it is evil. But if you really understand absolute unity of God. There is no other reality but God. Then you understand everything in this world. Everything in this world has a godly spark. Everything in this world is really it's Hashem. There is nothing else. So it comes out in a very funny way, in a very grotesque way, but really the message, the theme, the, the inner message is really all about it's a godly message. What's the godly message? He's going against the will of God. He's trying to stop the Jew from praying, from connecting. The godly message is to the Jew, daven even stronger. Until you become, you go so deeply into the davening, you become completely oblivious to the opposition. And obviously, if Hashem is sending you that message at this moment, that means you have the power right now to accomplish it. God is not wasting His time. He's empowering you. He's not just giving you a message. He's empowering you that right now I'm giving you the opportunity. You have the opportunity to become so intensified your Jewishness. So when the Jew is overwhelmed, engulfed by this wave of negativity, this ocean of negativity, it's not a time to be discouraged. On the contrary, now is a time to deepen our Jewishness, to become even more godly, to become even more divine, to become even purer, holier, more committed, more proud, more Jewish, more visible, in a much more intense way. And that's the only purpose. And if you realize that, that gives you strength. Because there's nothing but God. What opposition? What opposition? I don't see the opposition. All I see is Hashem speaking to me. I hear Hashem speaking to me. That's all I hear. What if it's not a Gentile? doesn't matter. I, I knew you were going to say that. doesn't matter. Especially, we're saying even, even if it's a Gentile. But of course, even if it's a, if it's a Jew, it doesn't matter. So, Anyone so. who's, ne- any negative force that's trying to distract me or disturb me or trying to weaken my connection, this is, and I can't stop them. It's not within my power to stop them. So the answer is, this is the answer. This is the message. This is the point. This is the purpose. 
to go even deeper. Any of the horrible things that have happened to our people over the thousands of years is based, therefore, on our not being connected to Hashem? No, 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 no. On the contrary, it can't be what, what he's saying, what he's saying, what he, that's not what he's saying here. On the contrary, all the challenges that we face is only to strengthen us. It's a call, and it's a, the message is become even more Jewish. And we've seen how the Jewish people responded. To every darkness, to every negativity, we only deepened and intensified our Jewishness. We took it to, to the next level. We took our whole Yiddishkeit to the next level. The Babylonian Talmud, the Ari, revelation of the Kabbalah, the Baal Shem Tov, and the explosion of Hasidism, the renaissance of Jewish life that we witness in our generation. So every, what the Rebbe did is, and the previous Rebbe, with the response to all this darkness was to intensify and to deepen and to take Yiddishkeit to a whole different level. So we always took it the right way. There's a divine message, and it's an encouraging message. It's not Hashem is whacking us and hitting us and banging us and attacking us. And... No, that's not what we hear. That's what the, maybe the anti-Semite hears, but we don't hear that. All we hear is Hashem's encouragement. Hashem strengthening us, empowering us. It's time to take it to the next level. And when you take the message properly, and you interpret the message properly, then the negativity dissipates. There's no need for the negativity. Once you take out the godly spark, negativity has no reality. The negativity has no reality in its own. The whole reality of negativity is only the godly point and the godly purpose and the godly spark that's there. The godly message. Once the godly message is heard and received, you extract the godly spark, negativity has no reality. It ceases to exist. Completely gone. So this is a Jew's response to negativity. The Baal Shem Tov taught us how we should respond. And Jews instinctively responded this way throughout all the generations. But the Baal Shem Tev revealed it and articulated it. And this created tremendous controversy because those who were very square, the mitnagdim, those who were very black and white and square, and took everything face value, tzimtzum is literally, and they took everything in the most superficial way and not in the correct way. And missed this whole idea of the absolute unity of Hashem. In the deepest sense, they were completely disturbed by this teaching of the Vashem. They stirred up a hornlessness. How can you say something like that? God is speaking to the, to the anti-Semite. How can you say that? What are you saying? What do you, what is and because of this, they dismissed all of Hasidism. So the Alter Rebbe said, I'm going to take one teaching of the Baal Shem from this thousands of teachings. I'm just going to take one teaching, maybe the most controversial, and I'm going to show you how correct the Baal Shem is. And to you it seems like mystifying, stupefying. How can you make such a statement? And once you realize how true it is, and how authentic it is, and how genuine it is, and how real it is, and consistent it is with 
Judaism, and this is Judaism, this is the essence of Judaism, then the Alter Rebbe says, from this you can understand all your other questions that are disturbing you. Because don't forget, this was the first generation of Hasidism. So to them, this is all novel. They never heard this language before. They never heard any of this before. This was never revealed before. The crown jewels of the Torah was never articulated like this. Yes, instinctively, Jews knew this for thousands of years, and that's why they responded correctly for thousands of years. But in the times of the Baal Shem, things got very stultifying, and people lost, became disconnected and lost touch, and Judaism became an ego trip and became a head trip, a head game, and, and they lost touch with their soul, with their hearts, with their soul. The Baal Shem re-articulated the, the core and essence of Judaism, and this sound very novel and very disturbing to the establishment and the mitnagdim and how could you say this and what are you saying and it's unheard of and Al-Turabi says relax I'm going to show you and explain to you listen listen, children let me explain to you exactly what the Baal Shem Tov said and once you understand what the Baal Shem says from this you can understand that everything the Baal Shem Tov said is so fundamental and so on the mark on the button and it's so genuine authentic and real and the essence gets to the heart of the matter and the essence of the matter so if you don't understand something I'll be happy to explain it to you but don't just immediately jump to conclusions that dismiss Hasidic dismiss Hasidic teachings because it makes no sense to me I showed you this made no sense and yet I explained it to you now it does make sense to you so trust me, everything that you think that you don't understand, trust me, by the time I'm done explaining it to you, you'll understand it, you'll understand it well, you'll agree with it. So don't jump to conclusions. Just because you're not used to this whole way of thinking and you never heard any of this, and this is all news to you, relax. So this is a very, very, uh, 25th letter, it's a very powerful letter. In a very uh, fundamental letter, let's read uh, the introduction, page 75. This letter. This letter comments on a discourse in which the Baal Shem Tov explains that though all things emanate from Hashem, through his attributes of love and awe, these attributes can find themselves in a state of exile. The Baal Shem Tov goes on to say that in the same way a worshiper who finds that his endeavors to concentrate are being disturbed by someone speaking should consider, why did Hashem bring me here? Where this talker is disturbing my prayers. After all, everything is providential. Indeed it is, explains the Baal Shem Tov. This man's talk is the spark of the radiance of the Shekinah that has descended and now abides in his mouth. In order that the worshiper should exert himself so strenuously that he will be able to ignore the disturbance. The verb used in the above-quoted version of the teaching is abides. As the altar Rebbe will soon explain, the proper term is vested. Especially so, that it, the text there goes on to say, if the person speaking is a heathen or a child, then the realization that the Shekhinah has, as it were, contracted itself to a degree should surely bring the worshiper to ever-increasing fervor. It would seem that the opponents of Hasidim seized upon this statement of the Baal Shem Tov. They could not understand how one could possibly say 
that the Shekhinah abided or even was vested within a heathen. The Alter Rebbe explains that in the present letter, beginning with the teaching of the sages, whoever is in a rage resembles an idolater. A Jew, he explained, must know that everything comes from Hashem. When someone strikes him or angers him with words, he should remind himself at that very moment a glimmer of divine presence, which provides life to all creatures and to all individuals as well, has vested itself within that person. Dr. Rebbe goes on to prove this from King David's response when Shimei ben Gera cursed him. King David said, for Hashem told him, curse, although we do not find it explicitly stated that Hashem told Shimei to curse David, still since Hashem's spirit animated Shimei at the moment that he cursed David, thus providing him with the strength to do so. David considered this as if Hashem told him to curse. Indeed, as the altar Rebbe goes on to explain, a glimmer of, or radiation of the Shekinah vests itself even in the Klippot. Throughout this discussion, the altar Rebbe does not actually quote the Baal Shem Tov's teaching, nor the above obje objection to it. The reason for the latter omission may perhaps be understood in light of the fact that the altar Rebbe was prepared for Mesur Nefesh, literally risking his life, not to be sundered from any teaching or even the slightest gesture of the Baal Shem Tov, even if it would only appear to be so in the eyes of the beholder. It is thus reasonable to assume that here as well, the Alter Rebbe chose not to even mention an objection raised against a teaching of the Baal Shem Tov. He merely clarifies the concept involved and the objection falls away as a matter of course. Any questions, comments, thoughts? I'm having great difficulty with the Holocaust. We, we, this, is not an, this is not an explanation. We're not, this is not an explanation. It's not an explanation of pain and suffering. It's not a, it's not a, a rationalization of pain and suffering. All he's saying here is that when a Jew faces negativity, and instead of feeling um, abandoned or um, you know neglected or or a Jew walks away. Paradoxically, a Jew walks away strengthened. It only causes us to deepen our Jewishness, strengthen our Jewishness. What was the Rebbe's response to the Holocaust? Most people's response was, just become a wallflower. Go hide in your neighborhood. Yeah, you can have pockets of Judaism, like Amish town, you know, you'll have a feel, like a museum piece. You'll have, you'll, have a, you'll have a little here, a little there, but Yiddish kite is dead, it's over, it's finished. God took the best, the best of the best, the la creme de la creme, it's over. Yiddish Kite is over. It was a death blow. It's finished. It's a nice relic. It's, uh, it's something of the past. The shtetl no longer exists. It's all over. It was wiped out, cruelly wiped out. And that's it. Yiddish Kite is over. Let's say Kaddish. We'll build museums. We'll say Kaddish. We'll mourn. We'll write stories. And that's it. It's dead. It's a dead culture. It was nice. It's gone, and gone forever. What was the Rebbe's response? 
to that darkness? He says, if Hitler hunted Jews with hatred, we're going to hunt every Jew with love. We're going to send tanks, mitzvah tanks, and we're going to send soldiers, tzivah Hashem, to look and search for each and every Jew. We're going to send soldiers, marines, spiritual marines, shluchim. We're going to send, uh, sometimes you have to send special forces. We're going to land in the beaches of Normandy, of everywhere in the world, wherever there are Jews. And we are going to collect one Jew at a time, one mitzvah at a time, seek them out, search them out with love, get every Jew to do a mitzvah, reconnect, rekindle the spark, be proud of being Jewish, menorahs in the public all over the world, light up the world with the Yiddishkeit. Instead of turning into, into instead of re- receding, hunkering down, we're going to intensify, double, quadruple, strengthen, build, grow, celebrate, rebuild. This is how Jews went forward. After the Holocaust, didn't, Jews didn't bury their head in the sand. They went and rebuilt and remarried and created. That's the Jewish response. We don't, we don't, we don't, it's not just sadness and mourning and, and, and feeling victimized and tragic. Our response to negativity and to tragedy is to live deeper. To become even more deeper and intensify and joyful and activate, become even more active. And This is the spirit that he's saying here. That the message is not, don't you get it? God hates you. What more can he do? Destroyed his home, destroyed his temple, kicked out of Israel. Crusades. Order the phase. Chalmanitsky. Communism, Nazism, assimilationism. I, I mean, from all sides, you're getting whacked from all sides. Don't you get it? Give up. That would be the natural response. Comes along the Baal Shem and says, no. And the Alter Rebbe explains, no. That's not, the, that's not the message that we hear. We don't hear negativity. The message that we hear is, it's time to take it to the next level. Till now you're off, off Broadway. Now it's time to go global. You're on Broadway now. Enough. Enough playing games. Hiding in your shtetl. And, and now, you're, now it's time to take it. Now you're performing in front of the whole world. Seven billion people. Time to take the message of Yiddishkeit and explain it and live it and, and breathe life into it and joyfully and proudly and bring it to the whole world. Now is not the time to be a sunflower and recede and, and be defensive and, and apologetic. And We're a tiny nation. We have to defend ourselves. What are we? We have to bend and we have to compromise and we have to succumb and we have no choice and we have to surrender. What? Surrender? Succumb? Weakness? On the contrary. This empowers us. It's time for strength. It's time for... We've, we haven't seen anything yet. We're going to become so Jewish. 
we're going to deepen, intensify, activate. We haven't seen anything yet. More joy. More light. More Torah. More mitzvah. More visible. Stronger than ever. This is the response. This has always been the response to negativity. Instinctively. The Jewish response. This is what the Baal Shem Tov explained. Because this comes from the, Jew, the deep Jewish awareness and understanding that there is no other reality but God. There is nothing else. And therefore, you have this tremendous response. It's not, he's not discussing the pain and suffering. He's not rationalizing. It's not, that's, not what he's, that's not what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah. He's talking about is how a Jew responds because it's so easy to fall into the trap, being demoralized, and look at all the negativity, and being overwhelmed. And you, and you do want to bury yourself. And you say, you know, listen, it's hopeless. Whatever. Look what I'm up against. It comes along the Baal Shem And after every explains the Baal Shem Tev, he says, no, that's not the proper response. A Jew, what a Jew hears, the message that we hear is, guys, time to conquer the world. What are you sleeping? What are you sitting locked up in your shtetl? It's time to conquer the world. Get out of your shtetl mentality. It's time to take over the world and teach Yiddishkeit. Bring Yiddishkeit to the whole world. Bring, bring the message and bring... First and foremost, by being a living example of a joyful, vibrant, robust Yiddishkeit that's alive and active and real and genuine authentic so the world is getting the world is regressing <laughs> the world is regressing the world is becoming darker and darker and darker as it says in the Torah right before the exodus from Egypt right at the end what happened at the ninth plague the plague of darkness right before the last plague which brought the redemption darkness and the darkness deepened First three days was a light darkness. Then the darkness was so thick you can slice it with a knife. Simultaneously, while the world was getting darker and darker, what was happening to the Jewish people? Torah says, for the Jewish people, it was getting brighter and brighter and brighter and more illuminated, and the light was more intense. And so much so, Medra says it was a miraculous light. They were able to see, like X-ray vision, they were able to see where the Egyptians kept all their all their treasures. Simultaneously. So if the world takes everything at face value, darkness, getting darker, and getting the world, look what the world is. The world is a sewer. The world is darkness. We're regressing. We're going back to paganism. We're going back to coarseness, crassness. But the Jew, we live in the same reality, the same world, simultaneously. They see darkness. What do we see? The light intensifying, the light is deepening, it's getting lighter and lighter, and stronger and more powerful, and the exact opposite. This is only if you understand the truth that there's no other reality but God. So if you know there's no other reality but God, everything, all roads are leading to Jerusalem, the world is not regressing, we're going forward, we're going to redemption, we're a minute away from redemption. This deepest darkness, what's really going on? What's the message? What do we hear? We hear and we feel and we sense the 
deepest light, the most intense light. And that's what we find, that as the darkness increased, each Rebbe, each leader of the Jewish people, each Rebbe was deeper than the previous Rebbe. Greater, deeper, more intense, more powerful. A light of holiness, the reach of holiness became more intense and more powerful and more powerful. But each succeeding generation, while the generations are descending and getting worse and worse and lower and lower, the Rebbes are getting holier and holier and deeper and deeper and more powerful and more intense. And the exact opposite. We're going this way and the, the, the Rabbeim are going that way. <laughs> because the truth is, the truth is what we hear in the darkness, we don't hear the darkness, we hear the glimmer, Hashem, the message of Hashem in the dark. What's the message of Hashem? Hashem is empowering us. That means holiness is becoming more powerful and more powerful and stronger and stronger. So instead of being demoralized, we are recharged and re-energized and rejuvenated, pun intended, and strengthened and more active and more visible and more successful and more Torah, more mitzvah than ever. But this is only if you have the Hasidic teachings, if you know how to interpret the language. Hashem is speaking. Hashem speaks not only Hebrew, or even when Hashem is speaking through that opposition, it's really Hashem speaking. He is speaking. Who is He? Darkness? What darkness? There is, all there is is God. No one has the power to oppose Hashem. It's really all Hashem. Hashem is an exile. But it's really Hashem, and that's all I hear. And then, if you hear that message, and you get the message, and you receive the message, and you act on the message, and you go deeper and strengthen yourself, Negativity just melts away. It's really up to us. It puts us in the driver's seat. It means we have the responsibility. We can play victim and take everything at face value, like the Misnagdim did. Or if you're a chassid, you go deeper. What's the real message? What's really going on? And suddenly, it's up to me, the one who's davening. I can become flabbergasted and stop davening and close the siddur and lose myself and become completely lost or, no, I open the siddha and I go deeper into the davening and deeper and I have the best davening I've ever had in my life. The deepest davening I've had in my life. And once, you, once, the opposi- once I really get the message, the opposition just melts away. Because that's all it was about. It had no strength in its own. So it's a whole different, it's a whole different approach. It's a very fundamental thing. Now, Again, everything the Alter Rebbe discusses is life-altering. This is life-changing. This is not just theoretical discussion. Let's have a nice theoretical discussion. How many angels are on the pin of a needle? These are life-altering discussions. This is if you get it right or you don't get it right, it changes everything. It changes how you approach life, how you see life, how you understand life, how you understand the challenges of life. It's a whole different world. We live in a whole different universe. The Baal Shem Tev gave us a godly universe. Gave us a beautiful universe. And Alter Rebbe explains and helps us see it and understand it. If you take it away, you don't have the teachings of the Baal Shem Tev. You don't have the explanations of the Alter Rebbe. Then, yes. Then you look at the world and it's overwhelming. Overwhelmingly negative and dark discouraging 
demoralizing. And you feel helpless. What am I? One tiny little Jew. What difference can I make? What change can I make? To believe in a perfect world, a Mashiach, forget about it. That's, that's just, just fantasy world. That's fantasy land. Today? Mashiach is coming now? Are you kidding me? Me? Here? Now? In this culture? In this environment? In this corrupt and decadent world? In this darkness? Again, if you don't truly believe, if you don't truly understand what's going on, the dynamics, the inner dynamics, what's really going on, then you really lose hope and you lose faith and you really stop believing. And if you, know, if you stop believing in Mashiach, you know, what you, really st- you know what you really stop believing in? You really don't believe in Hashem. That means it's not a realistic program. God, God is sitting in the seventh heaven, remote and removed from reality, yeah, it was nice maybe in the shtetl, it was a nice dream, a fantasy. But it's not real. Today, here, now, me, you and I. So ultimately what you're saying is I don't really believe in God. That's the bottom line. That's the truth. Shemitah says you really believe in God? Is this for real? If you really believe in God, then everything is God. There's nothing else. You think we're going backwards? You think Hashem is so weak? That's really the question. Is holiness so weak? Are we on the losing side or are we on the winning side? That's really what it boils down to. Answer that honestly. To the misnagid who takes everything at face value, honestly, he has to tell you we're on the losing side. What is the misnagid? The opposition to the Hasidic. The opposition to the Hasidim, the establishment. So they, they, you have to be honest, you have to say we're on the losing side. Let's face it, holiness, purity, godliness, to be God-fearing, wholesomeness. I mean, we're on the losing side. God is so fragile. You have a handful of people here, a handful of people there who take God seriously, who are sincere, who live a Jewish life. It's a handful. It's a pocket. Let's get real. It's not a realistic program for real people. Some saints, some pockets, some communities. You have the Amish and you have a, a community here and a community there and a few people there and a handful of people there. There's 7 billion people in the world. You have a handful of people here, a handful of people there. I mean, let's get realistic. We're on the losing side. God is so weak. I mean, let, let's speak openly. God is very weak. Doesn't seem to be making too much inroads or headway. Are we on the losing side or on the winning side? The Bashem says if you really believe in Hashem, we are on the winning side. There is only one side. There is no there is no other side. There is no other side, period. There is nothing else. Get it into your head. All there is is God. Do you understand that? There is no other side. There's no winning side. All there is is Hashem. Is it a question of the outcome? Is it even a question? Who's going to win? There is no other side. Don't you understand? Don't you get it? That one Jew davening, that's what it's all about. There is nothing else. That one Jew connecting with Hashem, that's reality. There is nothing else. It may appear to be, it's an exile. God's mysterious way of speaking through many languages and working in mysterious ways. 
But all there is is Hashem and all roads lead to Jerusalem. And if you don't believe that, then you don't get that. The truth is, you really don't believe in the whole thing. You don't believe in the Torah. You don't believe in God. You don't believe in the whole thing. You don't believe in Mashiach. You don't believe it's a reality. You believe it's some fantasy, some childish fantasy. It's in the future and always will be. It's not real. We are on the losing side. Yeah, it makes me feel good. But come on, God is so remote, so abstract. You've relegated God to the seventh heaven, to the heaven of heavens. Ah, in a pristine, pure environment, in a shtetl that's innocent, that's detached from the world. There's no internet, and there's no radio, and there's no reality. And then I could be holy. But if I'm living in the real world, with my feet firmly grounded in this world, are you kidding me? Which, 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 what are you smoking? <laughs> so really what you're telling me is you really believe that God is weak. Torah is weak. God is weak. Judaism is weak. We're on the losing side. It's hopeless. And it's getting worse, by the way. Every day it's getting worse. It's not better. Worse and worse. The darkness is only increasing in intensity. So this is the moment of truth. This point, this is the moment of truth. It's not just a detail. This is the one point Alter Rebbe was, was included in the Tanya. Alter Rebbe uses this to defend and to explain the, the whole approach of the Baal Shem Tov. Because this is the moment of truth. This is the acid test. Do you believe or don't you believe? Are we on the losing side or are we on the winning side? Answer that honestly. And if you understand Hasidus, then you can answer that question. Positive. Without Hasidus, without the Bashamtav's teachings and understanding of the ultimate, absolute truth of Hashem, unity of Hashem, reality of Hashem, then your answer is totally off. So this is very fundamental, very profound, very powerful, very controversial. Because this, this is the giveaway question. This is the type of thing where you separate the men from the boys. A person really believes or says he believes, but really doesn't believe. Some Sefer said that someone who, in the revealed way, doesn't believe in the secrets of the Torah, then someone who openly opposes the secrets of the Torah, then secretly he opposes the revealed Torah as well. Because really, he doesn't believe. He doesn't really believe. Yeah, he says he believes, but it's not the real thing. If someone really believes, if you believe in the secrets of the Torah, and the mysteries of the Torah, the depth of the Torah, and the crown jewels of the Torah, then you believe in the Torah. You believe that we are on the winning side. And Hashem will triumph. Torah will triumph. Godliness will triumph. Judaism will triumph. All 14 million Jews will reconnect with their Yiddishkeit. All 7 billion people, except the Ambalakites, will worship Hashem and become righteous Gentiles. And may it happen tonight and the next class will be taught by the Alter Rebbe himself. This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com